This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, January 10th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The challenges facing a return to a more rational health care system in the United States continue to mount. Even before Obamacare, David Goldhill alleges, as his book title indicates, Catastrophic Care, How American Health Care Killed My Father, and How We Can Fix It. He spoke at the Cato Institute in September. My, uh, my interest in health care uh, began with what happened to my father. Uh, my dad, at the age of 82, uh, after work one day, walked into a hospital with some shortness of breath. They kept him for observation overnight. Uh, within that day, he acquired an infection in the hospital that led to a series of infections that ultimately uh, killed him. And obviously, uh, this is an extraordinary personal tragedy. And I think what turned my interest from the personal grief to the broader issues of healthcare is that within a month after my father died, the New Yorker published a piece by Atul Gawande about Peter Pronovost's effort to get hospitals to reduce the incidence of acquired infections. In that article, he mentioned that roughly 100,000 Americans die every year from hospital infections. There's roughly 200,000 that die from mistakes of all types. But that many of these infections were, in fact, easily preventable. And Pronovost had come up with a series of protocols to prevent most of them almost two-thirds of them in hospitals that had adopted them. What was interesting to me, as someone who just lost a parent and as a businessman, is that it cost almost nothing to implement these protocols. And yet, he was having a hard time getting hospitals to do it. Uh, I, at one time, ran a movie theater chain, and we had a simple rule. If a soda spills, 10 minutes to clean it up or the manager is docked. Why? Well, the reason was very simple, is that we competed with movie theaters across the street. And if you walked into our movie theater chain on a Saturday night, and the first thing you saw was some spilled soda on the floor, it changed your perception of the quality of the experience. Something very simple, very small. Why was it that hospitals weren't incented, economically or otherwise, to do something very simple and very small that saved lives? And it really is the start of a series of questions I've asked as a businessman about our healthcare industry. Catastrophic care is about essentially a business person's look at healthcare from the outside, not accepting all of the sort of complex reasons and inside healthcare explanations for why healthcare has gotten so bad at so many things. It really is an attempt to understand and to portray healthcare as an island outside of the mainland of our economy and try to understand how those differences have affected what we see in healthcare, from high error rates to very erratic quality to an enormous amount of excess care coexisting with people who can't get any access to care to extraordinarily high prices and, of course, the absolute worst customer service of any industry on earth. My father's experience um, isn't the only thing that, that, uh, uh, that drives my perspective of healthcare. Uh, There's also having just been alive. In 1965, on the eve of Medicare and Medicaid, uh, the computer industry existed only in its mainframe form. So only the biggest uh, enterprises on Earth can use a computer, and only a couple hundred thousand people had any idea how to use it anywhere. Um, In 1965, if we were having this discussion, and I asked you to think about 45 years later, which of these two industries, healthcare, which was about to benefit from expanded access because of Medicare and Medicaid, or computers, 
would make the following excuses for failure. It's too complicated for people to understand. It's too distant from what people do every day. It's not a discretionary good. You, you don't have a choice to buy it. You have to buy it. Which industry would use that to explain its dysfunction? 1965 happens to be the year that the DEC Corporation introduced the PDP-8, which is the first mini-computer ever created. A mini-computer was about the size of this podium. Now, a mini-computer was the first effort to do something other than a mainframe for somebody other than NASA or the Defense Department or General Motors. A mini-computer could just be used by a big company to process its information. Now, obviously, nobody in 1965 thought the computer could be a consumer product. Very specialized product. You needed a lot of knowledge to use one and a lot of complexity to introduce it into your organization. But the PDP-8 was revolutionary. Uh, it was obviously expensive. And to give you an idea of how expensive it was, at $19,000, which is what the first one cost, it was a full 80 times, actually closer to 90 times, what the average American spent on healthcare that year. So obviously not a consumer product. All of you are carrying in your pockets today a computer far more powerful than the PDP-8. All of you. In fact, many of them are using them now, and I don't blame you. Um, and it does everything, right? It doesn't just process faster than the PDP-8, but you may have bought it on the basis of its color, or the cool apps, or the camera. It does everything for you. It's a mere two generations later. But here's the interesting thing about the smartphone you're carrying. The average price of a smartphone, now used by a billion and a half people, going to two billion by next year, is 1 40th what the average American spends on healthcare. In two generations, the cost of a computer relative to healthcare, or healthcare relative computer, increased 3,600 times. Now, the only reason this is possible is for us to think that healthcare exists on such a separate island that nothing we learned about in computers, nothing we've learned about in anything else, could matter. And you've heard this, right? You will hear people in healthcare say, technology is driving up costs. There were some technological improvements in the computer in the last two generations. <laughs> technology is driving up costs is often written by somebody on a $250 laptop. They never understand the irony. What else do we hear in healthcare? You can't have a functioning market because consumers don't know enough about healthcare. There were a couple hundred thousand people who knew how to use that two generations ago. That's it, whole planet. What else do you hear? Can never be a normal market because healthcare is not discretionary. You gotta have it. I think most of us feel that way now more about our smartphones than about anything else in our life. What my book is about is why the stuff we learned in, in, in this, in our cell phones, in Starbucks, in Walmart, in everything in our lives has been excluded from healthcare. And it's actually not complicated. It's quite simple. In computers, something happened that has never happened in healthcare, which is that every single person who works in the computer business, including myself, I'm in the digital games business, spends all day trying to figure out how to make the product better, more accessible, cheaper, easier to buy, simpler, more colorful, more fun, more complex, you know, more, more full of, 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 uh, of, of what you need. All of those positive things, better, simpler, cheaper, is what drives fortunes, drives business models in computers and in everything. 
except in healthcare. You do it better in healthcare, you have a lower error rate, lower revenue. We know that. Cheaper, lower revenue. No benefit of being cheaper. Customer service, lower revenue. What are you wasting money on customer service for? Why is there no IT in healthcare? Why would you make an investment in something that just improves service quality and reliability? There's no way to get paid for that. Your dry cleaner figured out how to get paid for that. But in healthcare, there is no such business model. The argument of catastrophic care is when you get away from the island of healthcare and stop listening to all the sort of weird and specific explanations and think of it as an industry, because 15 million people work in this industry, you realize that the fundamental economic incentives are so different than in everything else that of course we would have a product that is extraordinarily expensive, extraordinarily complicated, has very, very poor service, and has erratic quality. What would you expect to get? David Goldhill is author of Catastrophic Care, How American Healthcare Killed My Father, and How We Can Fix It. You can watch a forum for the book at cato.org.